for the beats, for the love, for the alcohol, for the party. <laughs> One time like, okay. <laughs> Letting the kick ride, letting the snare roll, letting the bottle pour, cups in the airflow. Love what you hear though, everything black. Feel like the beat is everything, well then everything's back. <laughs> letting the speakers blast, letting the beats run. Word to the crate digging, word to machine drums. Get used to it as we proceed. <laughs> black radio for the lover, just the beat. Everything is black, everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The kick gone knock, the snare gone crack, and everything is black, everything is black. Everything is black, everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The bottle gone pour, the speakers gone crack, and everything is black, everything is black, everything is black. Blap chat. Oh. I, I just did a short one today. Blap chat, that was Blap quick. Chat. Right, right to it today. Right to it, it today, man. Right to it today. No What's up, guys? Not. What's up? This is Blap Chat episode 42, mm. the big 4-2. This is the age where you just closed on your new home, your new mm-hmm. mortgage, and you've just realized that you owe the bank uh, $1.2 million. Yes. Uh, and you're going to pay that off for the next 80 years. Yep. It's good. Yep. Mortgages are great. Or you're still living in your mom's basement, one or, one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> or on your just, friend's couch. Just still figuring it out. You know what I mean? Or on still your friend's couch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Still wearing condoms. Still, <laughs> still not trying to have a kid. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. There are people out there like that. Yeah. For sure. Welcome, welcome to Blab Chat, guys. Um, this is yes, episode 42 here with Perfection. What's up? What's going on? Atlas plug. Yo, yo. Perfection uh, just came back from Miami. My jammy. Yeah, you had a crazy trip out there. Breakfast yeah. club shit. Yeah. Tell us about funny. it. I purposely didn't talk to you before the show because I wanted to capture everything. So. Um, so we pretty much went out there for the Major League Baseball All-Stars um, week. Yeah. Um, it's my second year working on it. They hired me as the assistant talent coordinator. Um, I, work, I work with Scott Lee out of Engine Room Audio, and he's the head um, on the project in regards to talent consulting. Last year, we did um, Jamie Foxx. We got oh. Jamie Foxx as a talent in San Diego for the players party. So it's... It's the players' party for the Major League Baseball Players Association. So the so. association is like the union that kind of deals with all the labor laws for them and all like the contracts and things like that behind mm-hmm. the scenes. So the organization throws parties every year. And, you know, they've been trying to spice it up with, you know, getting talent. So last yeah. year we did Jamie Foxx. This year we did Lenny Kravitz in Miami. Ah. So... The crowd was bigger this year. It was like 1,500 to 2,000 people. Mm-hmm. It was at the Manor Winwood, and it was dope. We had the Breakfast Club host, so we had Angela Yee and DJ MB host. Mm-hmm. And we did a live broadcast at the Fountain Blue with them. Nice. So, lead, yeah, leading up to the event, we did like a live broadcast, and we brought in a couple fans to kind nice. of be there. And we also gave them, we did kind of like a contest. So the MLBPA has their own app called Infield Chatter. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like if you download it and you see it, it's, it's really cool. It's interactive. It's good for people who are interested in baseball. It's mm. everything baseball. So it's like right. a lot of the baseball players are on there. You know, they post content of the games and nice. just their personal life. It's kind of like Instagram for baseball. That's mm. dope. That's I'm not yeah. much of a baseball guy. Atlas, I know you're you're Mets. I, I Mets, used to oh, Mets. Mets all day. You already know. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I used to really, really, really love baseball. Now, 
it's too boring. I just can't watch yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's the playoffs or it's like yeah. the home Sorry. run derby. Apologies I watched, to the hardcore you know? baseball fans out there, but I'm with that. I kind of feel yeah. the same way. Yeah, me shit. too. When I was younger, my father used to just sit me on a couch with him and yeah. like pretty much force Walk me to watch baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and it was cool. I'd much rather like playing sports than actually watching them sometimes yeah. like mm-hmm. baseball's cool but in person yeah i couldn't if there's nothing interesting going on in the game it, it could get a little boring yeah and then the heat and you're like yeah in the sun the whole time right. yeah i don't know it's a little dated but that event sounded pretty crazy yeah really yeah. dope i saw the, uh, the ig yeah the live yeah it was it was good it was so. it was good to you know, being in another city and, and do the event in another city, especially Miami, and, and to bring on the Breakfast Club. You know, we have a good relationship dope. with them already. Mm-hmm. So to have them be a part of the event was great. And to just continue to build with Angela and work with her in another yeah. city was like very, you know, it was it was it was a humbling experience. And that, that was one of my favorite parts of the trip because I haven't been. I haven't been on a trip with Angela or worked with her in another city. Yeah. So just to have her see me working just as much and just as hard and harder in another city and just keep you know keep being consistent it's always good and you know yeah. she, she was you working hard avian's been working hard all week I'm yeah like, you know i gotta of do course. what i gotta do so it was of a course. good bonding experience with her that's so, dope yeah i think it's important too to like you know have like kind of like a, a role model in a way like someone mm-hmm. who's like really moving out and like yeah. getting out there and like she yo she's i think angela is at the point where she's like pretty much solidified her spot and for a while now and so you know just to be able to like be around the energy is dope and just like asking her questions about things and just seeing how she works and her experience like i i always see how she works but even like her prepping for the show and the event was great to see you know what i mean because she really takes it serious she does her research like that matters to her and just you know her kind of giving me insight on things just really inspired me and she even told me that she used to dj and i was just like crazy that's dope that's dope dope. shout to angela yee man shout to the entire breakfast club you know they they're the breakfast club they've been killing it for like man it's been a while now like you know it's just like i just remember when they first started it Mm -hmm. it's like man it's like new thing but shout to envy and Mm -hmm. and charlamagne and it's dope because they all have their own personalities but it works well you know and they don't clash yeah so it's good to see for sure for sure so shout to them man i'm glad the trip went really well um speaking of like giving back and kind of being around you know like-minded people i guess L- last night we had an event um so we did our, our past the aux event so um basically uh we threw this event here in the city uh where we kind of like gathered or congregated uh 20 producers and a couple artists in there right mm-hmm. it was like a couple yep. artists in there too like and we met up at like a secret location mm-hmm. and uh it was a studio and basically for four hours they just got to hang out with me and like plug the aux in and play their music and uh it, it was a dope experience because it, it was just very interesting to see like as upcoming producers like everyone's got their own unique situation so you had like kids in there that were like brand spanking new like just making beats for like seven months mm-hmm. in school full-time like day job like living at home but like really on the grind and then you had other guys that were like you know adult like fully adult like you know kids and you know mortgages but like Mm -hmm. doing it out of passion and but the 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 interesting thing is that like both of those different types of producers share the same kind of like passion Mm -hmm. and so i just think that's like very interesting to know that the producer community is just this wide range 
of different types of people so last night we did this event and um and it was definitely inspiring really great great event and um we're actually going to start doing these events uh, all around the you know, U.S. and then eventually overseas. But we uh, we just announced two more dates. Uh, so for anyone listening right now, if you are in Los Angeles, we'll be out in L.A. on August 2nd. We're doing a past the aux out there. And then on August 15th, we're doing Connecticut, nice. which is like kind of a B market, mm-hmm. I guess, on the East mm-hmm. Coast. But I'm like discovering that there's just producers everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I want to start to come to different cities and we're going to do the same thing. Secret location, recording studio, four hours. You get invited to come through and play your music and vibe out. And like guys were networking with each mm-hmm. other, too. So the whole concept behind past the aux is to get you um away from like sitting in front of your computer and like emailing beats and like being online to getting into a natural room and like interact with other human beings and i think that's important for producers Mm -hmm. you know so we're coming to your city um just go to my website illmindproducer.com you'll see uh tickets over there you can reserve your slot there's only 20 slots per city so we're doing los angeles august 2nd and then connecticut august 15th and it's gonna be lit i can't wait what city are you most excited to go those two for sure like connecticut i'm mega excited because i haven't really spent much time there and i know there's a lot of talent Mm -hmm. uh la of course is like i love la it's always great yeah so like that'll just be another reason to like make it out like Mm -hmm. a trip out of it Uh, now i'm looking forward to like atlanta Mm -hmm. i'm looking forward to toronto uh, miami of course um uh, Texas for sure like I want to do Houston mm-hmm. Austin um, I want to do the Carolinas Nashville Nashville dope. definitely mm-hmm. definitely Nashville and then like overseas man I'm going going to Germany yeah. like I gotta go back to my home country Philippines you gotta you know? check out a menace out there hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah shout to menace yo menace if you're listening go to go to UK yes, sir. you gotta show me the spots <laughs> so past the ox is coming to a city near you guys um, go to my website illmindproducer.com uh, and book your ticket, man. It was an inspiring, inspiring session, and I can't wait to meet you guys. So it's good. Pass the ox. Um, in other news, there's a lot going on. A lot. Uh, Beat Thread is up and running. Yes, it is. I'm happy about that. Th- appreciate you guys uh, for joining the website beatthread.com. All of, I've been hearing all the submissions. I spent like two hours the other day listening to shit mm-hmm. and like giving critiques. It's, it's a lot fun. of fun, man. It's, it's a lot of fun, yeah. It's, it's a nice. lot of fun. It becomes like, uh, you just get into it before you know you're on a half hour. You yeah. know, it's just 45 minutes, an hour. Just, yeah. It's cool. And you find some, some really dumb, some dope stuff on there, too. Yeah, there's yeah. some good tracks in there. And listen, guys, beatthread.com, if you haven't checked it out yet, go check it out. And I think it's a perfect time to do that because I'm hearing a rumor. Oh, boy. Mm. <laughs> a mm. rumor. Allegedly. That allegedly <clears throat> SoundCloud mm-hmm. has funding for the next 50 days. That's crazy. And after the next 50 days, which is fourth quarter, they will run out of funding, which means that they may or may not be closing their oh, doors. What does that even mean, though? I don't what know. What does that mean? I don't know. I mean, it could mean so many different. I mean, first of all, SoundCloud laid off like half of their staff mm-hmm. and they closed their uh, Berlin mm-hmm. office. So I think they laid off like 140 people to try to, you know, save money to kind of keep the business afloat. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I think that what it means is that currently with the funding they have right now, 
they can't afford to go past right. 50 days so but i'm interested in in knowing where do they even get the funds from like what companies are like endorsing yeah. them or yeah I've, I've never looked into it to know like what where these issues stem from so it's yeah. interesting to yeah it is what do you think uh, did they did they get vc funding i don't know i'm some curious um i'm sure they're at like a i think everyone should just go to b thread and just <laughs> use B-thread, yes but uh no but seriously i really don't think in my opinion there's going to be a big corporation out there with shit ton of money that's going to say oh they're in trouble let's go scoop them up let's you know let's acquire ownership of the company or whatever and think about the amount of music and and like subscribers and like everyone's on fucking soundcloud so i don't i i think they're gonna be fine yeah but i also think you should go to beatthread.com right now uh, i won't but, be surprised <laughs> if like jay-z just comes and picks yeah picks somebody's gonna come by and just like title will come by at something who knows because yeah. i think soundcloud is important you know especially mm-hmm. for up-and-coming artists producers it's it's a platform where you can just share your music and be found you know on a on a larger scale mm-hmm. so it's like for it to just be gone because of the lack of funding just sounds absurd like i get it like you know it it takes money to make money or you need money to kind of have certain things continue to be alive but such a huge platform like that you can't just let it go right right i, I think i think it'll be okay i think yeah, this is someone's just, gonna come in i think this is just someone you know i forget what the company was um to who that wrote the article about this or the, or the author that wrote it and they you know they just people got a little wind of it and then it was just like it was just clickbait you yeah. know what i mean but like I saw chance the rapper tweeted like i'm working on the soundcloud issue guys yeah yeah so man that's a big tweet mm-hmm. that's like that's very bold i mean i don't think he would say that if he didn't have something up yeah mm-hmm. i mean he gave didn't he donate like a million dollars supposedly yeah to, i forgot what it was charity or like a school so yep. i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if he you know yeah especially him as an artist that's not signed to a label yeah. like he knows the importance of being independent and you know getting found in those yeah. type of platforms so i'm sure he would want to continue that yeah type of culture yeah so to speak yeah soundcloud shutting down will be very very detrimental yeah to the music industry yeah. to me in my opinion For i sure. mean it's, it's huge impact yeah because it's like all of these streaming platforms you can't really upload your own music no. like if you're not distributing it yeah. for sales you, you know can't what just I mean? put a like, song you up can't anymore. just put a song up on title right like to stream it like you, i guess you can yeah. but you know what i mean you have to go through a distribution like company in yep. order to have your music up Tune on all of these platforms mm-hmm. so it's like you can't just say let me upload my music to my pandora account yeah. or like my spotify account like yeah i will say though and i'm gonna shout them out i'll give them a little cosign here audio mac yeah is is like pretty much just like soundcloud mm-hmm. they have different um different uh, activations on mm-hmm. there too but audio mac is great and um and b thread man yeah. <laughs> go to b thread you gotta sign up for b thread before it's too late you know you need a place to upload your music right you need it you gotta know what people think man yeah so let us know what you guys think in the comment section will soundcloud be donezo donezo or um is someone gonna come in and save it i hope they save it i think they're I gonna mean, be okay i think they're gonna be okay i hope so we have a question from um 
Anthony underscore Y936. I like this question. It's like general. He says, um, what are the beginning steps of becoming a producer? I, that's like so general, but I want like you guys' opinion on that. Like what's your take on that? So Atlas, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. If Mundo Beats. Yeah. Mundo! Mundo! I haven't heard that in a while. Beats. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Avian had it. She added um, the effect. Appreciate that. If, if Mundo was yeah. like seriously trying to like start a producer, and I'm talking about like no, like no contacts, like very little um, like experience in like knowing what to do first, like just blank slate completely. What would you do? I would go to YouTube. Wow. I'd go to Google, do my Googles. Yeah. Okay. Go to YouTube. What would you do on YouTube? I'd look up just first yeah well first off you would need some type of DAW to produce so you would have to get that situated right your laptop situation you know your good DAW whatever you're using Mm -hmm. then you actually have to create good tracks you know so so first you have to get something you have to get gear gear I mean where you can where you're gonna you know unless you're interning somewhere but that's cool too but then you want to do stuff when you're home um, right, I would I would assume right, Avian. When you get interns that come in, a lot of them are either producers or, and they have their own little setups at home, mm-hmm. right? Or yep. And then do they come in, or are they able to on their time off to come in and use the actual yeah. studio itself? Yeah. Well, as far as like engine rooms concerned, a lot of studios don't even allow their interns to touch the gear. Oh so like, wow! So like the studio, um, I don't know how you say it, like. I guess the studio environment is different at every studio. So, like, a lot of the studios uptown, like, let's say, like, Jungle City, so to speak, they won't just let anybody go in their rooms and use the gear. Yeah. So, us, we're very, um, we're, we're very, we're like a, we're a family. So, it's like, we want you to grow and learn. So, we allow them to use the rooms and use the gear only when they pass a certification test. Yeah. So, you got to kind of, like, learn the room learn the gear and then take a test of like setting up gear setting up an mm. actual session mm. so that we can see that you know how to utilize the gear and then once you pass the certification you're free to use the rooms because mm. it's that like if sense. you just randomly to let anyone press buttons you know without them really knowing what they're doing you can fuck shit up yeah. so it's like with us you got to pass a certification test and then once you pass that test you're free to use the rooms as you like obviously we have like certain you know like certain hours of the day that make more sense like if the day's busy and we're actually getting paid sessions we're not just gonna be like sure use the rooms it's like you have to make sure it's on a quiet day if it's late night if it's on the weekend you know you can use the room to study to practice and do what you have to do right i mean that makes sense i mean if i owned a studio and i had a board worth half a million dollars i wouldn't want just any intern that i may or may not know like might fuck my machine up mm-hmm. to like just freely just like mess with it because yeah. it's complicated gear i mean yeah. you can't just like wing it mm-hmm. you know? and it's like everyone you know I've, I've come across a lot of interns that are very confident which is great mm-hmm. and you want to be confident but sometimes 
they want to kind of show that they can do it without really knowing how to do it because yep. like you know you tell someone hey can you just yeah i'll do it i might not really be sure but i'll try it and it's like right hold on yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you know chill. what i mean like i need you to i need to know you know how to use this console yeah. Yeah. you know what i mean not that you're gonna try that you you're not gonna burn it <laughs> yeah no this isn't like pointing and clicking a mouse this yeah. is like like highly advanced technology that you need to know how to use mm-hmm. and to, to your point avian and you atlas like I think like when if you're starting from scratch and you know nothing, you never made a beat in your life, but you want to just like get it going. I would start with YouTube. I would yeah. start with like research. Like yeah, type sure. in how to make beats. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just do that mm-hmm. and 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 like do some research on how mm-hmm. it works. Um, the more I think like humans are like visual learners, so like if you watch the stuff, I think you'll be able to learn better. And then like get your hands on a DAW. I would download. I would try to get Fruity Loops because yeah. it's the to me like I've used every DAW Fruity Loops is the easiest yeah I got Fruity Loops on mobile when I started that's what I'm saying to like you know because I didn't know where to download anything or I didn't want to necessarily buy something so quick I wanted to kind of like see what different DAWs were out so I was like you know what there's an app for everything yep there's an app for everything so I was like let me just quickly check the app store and see just see what they have and they actually had a Fruity Loops like (laughs) mobile app which was terrible yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) like it was terrible wait so how different is the mobile app from the regular shit i mean it's like it's like there's no comparison okay (laughs) yeah it's like you know what i mean it's because there's some mobile apps that are really good like the machine mobile app supposedly is really tight i'm gonna check it out but this was this was like five years ago yeah so listen if there's any of you guys that use your mobile your phone or your iPad to make beats. Drop a comment. Let us know what you use. Right let us know what you use. Let us know if you like it or not, and if you recommend it and what you recommend. Because I do think that making beats on your mobile phone kind of might be in the future. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, like, I downloaded this it. thing is bulky, guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is not going to last long right. here. I downloaded it just to like really get my hands on it and see what it looked like and yeah. see what features it came with, but I knew that obviously I would have to take it to the next level and come up with something. It's like 14 bucks on wow. on iPhone. Josh, and it looks a Josh little, zoom in onto that. Let's it looks a little more advanced than that. it did when I first downloaded FL it. FL Mobile. Plug plug FL Mobile. It's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something you're on the train. Like you got your headphones on. You got time to kill. I like it. Yeah, I'm gonna check Just it out. Know. It looks a little more advanced than the version yeah. Yeah, I downloaded. I'm downloading that shit. I'm gonna fuck around. <laughs> Seriously, like, yeah. But yeah. that's that's how I started, and then you know I just started doing my research, and then I downloaded a demo version of Ableton, played with that for a bit, and then yeah. I actually got FL Studio, and then just started like yeah. really tapping into videos, like yeah. you said, YouTube. Just just Google, everything's on Google. Yeah, you know if you just search music producer and you start to like, you know, study the producers that are out there. Yep. You know you kind of get an idea of what they're doing, you know, their sound, and then just Googling how to do a beat, how to start a beat, how to start a hip hop beat, a pop beat, you know, and everything's on the internet. Exactly. Google, Google the shit. So this is what it is. Google, go to YouTube, search videos, how to make beats. What's Fruity Loops? How do I make beats? Software, blah, 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 blah. And then download the shit. Okay. Try the mobile too. Do it on the phone, do it on the computer, whatever you need to do. You definitely need a computer though. So go get a computer, get a job, whatever, save up some money, get yourself a computer. 
Um, I believe Fruity Loops is only for a PC, right? Mm -hmm. Still, so grab a PC and go do it. Um, and you're gonna need some drum kits. So go to blapkits.com, right. cop some drum kits. Seriously, no, I'm not even trying to like plug my plug. Like literally go to blapkits.com, cop the bundle or start with Black Kit Volume 8, the most recent one, work your way down. And that those will be the drums that you need. Like you don't need any other drums. So get the drums and then try shit. Like I think a good way of starting is like to mimic, right? Like, you know, what think to yourself like what motivated you to start making beats and then try to mimic those beats like exactly because i think mimicking beats in the beginning allows for you to like start to understand like how to achieve like a sound that you want based on what you're inspired by so like do do some do some mimicking you know um they're gonna sound like shit they're gonna suck they're gonna really suck but that's okay because you just started and it's always good to like go back to your first beats yeah. and be like oh my god yeah wow i used to think this was dope and it's yeah. but sometimes you hear an idea and you're like i could like revamp this right mm -hmm. now and really mm -hmm. make some fire out of this <laughs> exactly exactly so you never know so that's what i would do and then also when you get to the point i would Find make beats artist. make beats yep exactly Room make beats artist. right when you get to your hundredth beat, that's a pretty round number. Um, when you get to your hundredth beat, <clears throat> those first hundred beats are the punching bag. Mm -hmm. That's just training. That's like, you know, getting into a groove and like understanding the nature of like how to make beats. And then from your beat number 101 onwards, I think you should start categorizing your stuff, right? Um, you know, open up some folders and, you know, categorize your shit by BPM, categorize your beats by like mood and feel and tempo. And like, you know, if you're doing like different genres, then you can do different genres for every folder and just start stockpiling. And then from there, go to SoundCloud if they're still around <laughs> um, or Google, whatever, YouTube and look for some artists, look for some people that you can throw beats to. Don't sell them. Don't sell them yet find some people to rap on your shit or mm -hmm. sing on your shit you need to start getting into the habit of like knowing what your stuff sounds like with vocals on it yeah. so find vocalists i think that's a big mistake that mm -hmm. producers make is they sell beats sell beats sell beats and then it's like when they're ready to make a song they have no idea how yep. and they've built no relationships they've just did transactions they haven't like built yeah you know like quality time with these people it's just been like okay here's my money cool see you later yeah and like you're just you're you're neglecting like a whole portion of like you know learning how to be a producer so i i think you can do both though you know if you want to like you make 10 beats sell five and then the other five you know try to start developing an artist and see if you can get some vocals on your stuff and stockpile the catalog i remember when i first started like obviously when i started we didn't have like soundcloud yet so um, I just had folders of stuff, but like I would re-listen to my shit and be like, "Yo, like that's dope. They're, I'm better at doing this. I like I like working with this type of artist as opposed to this type. So let me make more of that." Like you're, it's this whole process of like discovering yourself, kind of in a way. And like, yo, that's like a crucial, crucial, crucial step for you because if if you don't do that and you're making beats for like the next ten years you just like neglected like the most important thing the most important skill set which is 
how to like really produce music with someone. Yep, and then even running the session. Like you don't even know how exactly. to run the session. Running a session and knowing how to speak to the artist is a whole craft in itself. You know, like like we were talking about it in the last episode, like don't ask the artist questions. You know what I mean? Like when they're in the booth, they're ready to go. They're ready to just knock it out, you know? So not only are you honing in on your, uh, you know, your production, and all, but now you're like really getting into the craft of, uh, running an actual session like being super confident and going in there and just killing it yeah. you know so because if you're a sucky engineer mm-hmm. it kills the whole session number one yep um and if you have just like nervous energy then everyone else around you is going to feel that too yep. so if you go in there fucking confident and shit you're ready to go all right boom boom we're gonna do this doom and you just start going they're gonna call you back they're definitely yeah. going to call you back. Exactly. Work, so. Exactly, man. You hit it right on the nose. We're done. Um, there's another question we had. I love this question. You said, um, well, this is I mean, pretty basic, but how important is it to learn chords and um, learn how to play the keyboard, like chords and, and like instruments and stuff? How important is that for a producer? I want you guys to start that. I think for me, it's pretty important because for a long time, I just was stuck on finding good melodies mm-hmm. because I was just stuck with just pressing, you know, keys on on the keyboard without really knowing what I was doing or how it should sound or what notes worked well together. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, I really need to take on an instrument, you know, to really understand the keys and, and, you know, chord progressions and things like that. And I took on the piano and it really helped me. It really helped me get my melodies together. It helped me get, you know, play with different sounds, like interesting sounds. And I think it's really important. Like you, you don't need to be an expert on a, on an instrument, I think, but Mm. you need to learn a little bit of something, learn the keys a little bit, learn, learn, you know, learn the scales and things like that to help you kind of, you know, just move around yeah move around yeah how did you like what was your process in like learning the keys like did you do like a program or yeah well i actually worked with i found like a an instructor like a piano instructor because like i believe in like the youtube stuff like learning on youtube like with like piano and stuff like that but i felt like if i have someone teaching me like i'll just learn quicker and i'll be yeah i'll be more on top of it i guess um so just a couple years ago i just started working with with a guy an instructor and like that went well and Mm. i took a break because i started working at the studio and just it was a lot going on i didn't have time to to go see him because he Mm. was just far but then i picked it up again a couple of months ago um with someone that actually works out of the studio and it just really helped my music yeah. and you don't necessarily have to pick up the piano it can be it could be a guitar or like anything you know what i mean yeah you just gotta pick up an instrument and start i will say though that for modern day music production learn how to play the keys yeah especially play the most piano. of these guys have the controller sitting right in front of them you got a controller like, why not you know yeah. and also too you're, you're gonna hear music differently you're gonna yeah. like you know you're gonna like the, what you make is gonna get better it's yep. gonna sound better you know More and ideas. like and you yep. know i i know how to play the keys but i i learned by ear i never had lessons right so the way i learned was like my mom it started when i was like you know i think like six or seven i remember my mom got me a little muppet babies yeah. keyboard and it was small it was like this big right wow and each year she got me a bigger one and a bigger one and bigger one. And then, ah. then she got me a keytar and I was hey. jamming out on the keytar and all hey. that shit, right? So, but the way I learned was 
on the you know those like original like Casio you know like beginner keyboards they would have like a demo I a demo that. song remember and you just hit demo and it would play this whole song whatever it is yeah and then I would just learn the demo song like listen to it and then just figure then out what the it? notes were oh, and remember okay. them and just keep practicing and practicing but then uh, as I got a little older I took some lessons but I actually guitar lessons was actually what I took and, right. and like it was the best thing because you know also coming from a songwriting background then I started to realize okay great I just need like two to four chords that's it and that's my whole song. That's it. Speaking of chords, that's yeah. a great point. There's there's people out there that are taking the approach of like with the keys, like learning how to play like a popular song. Mm-hmm. So like if you learn how to play, um, I mean, pick any pop song that's that's out right now, right? We'll do we'll do Rolling in the Deep, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, Adele. Like learn how to play that on the piano. Go to YouTube and find like a tutorial video. It's mm-hmm. probably there, and and learn those chords. Right, and then once you learn those chords, and get get your fingers and your brain comfortable with like maneuvering around that, mm-hmm. pause, um, <laughs> mix up the chords. <laughs> I, was, I was strategic. <laughs> Maneuver around the keyboard that way, then it's like muscle memory. Mm-hmm. So once you know those chords, then you can shuffle those chords around and make right. your own arrangement. Yep. And what's crazy is the rolling in the deep chords. There's like. 50 other hits a that million. have used the same exact chord progression. So you can technically even keep the chord progression, yeah. just make all new vocal melodies, but I would, you know, switch it yeah. around. Obviously. Here's another chord progression that if you learn this progression, you'll be able to produce like pretty much any top 40 pop song. Is it like CG? Um, no, it's, it's Black Eyed Peas. Uh-huh. Um, I had the time. Of, no, not that one. Not that one. Uh, uh, not that one. Was it? It's like similar to that. How's it go? Where's it's, the um, love? Where's no? Not where's the love? Um, the other. It's like a wedding song that Black Eyed Peas made. It's uh, fucking crazy. It's like a. It's a huge smash. It goes. Uh, oh fuck! What is I, it? The I club? know what you're saying because they have. There's a Black Eyed Peas song that if you learn it, there's. It's, I'll I'll find it, guys. If I remember, I'll yeah. shout it out. But. Um, but even that other one that I was singing, that's like a, yeah. a classic song. You can go on YouTube and like type in same chord progression oh, you know and like hit songs. I got a feeling. I got a Thank feeling. Thank you, brother. One, yeah. I got a feeling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's gonna, gonna be, be a good night. night. Learn, yeah. learn those chords. Go to YouTube, search. I got a feeling. Black Eyed Peas piano cover tutorial. I guarantee you'll find like a million videos. Learn that shit. Yo, trust me. You can make pop music just from mm-hmm. those chords, mm-hmm. right? That's very true. And then also too, like, you know, you there's tutorials out there, whatever. But like, all you need to really do is learn how to maneuver minor and major mm-hmm. basic chords with your fingers and just pick one key. I would go with C. Yeah, mm-hmm. just C's start with C. It's because it has no. It's in the sharps middle. Flats. No sharp sides. It's in the middle. Do learn, learn your fingers on the key of C. And then all you gotta do is transpose. Mm-hmm. Just transpose your shit later on MIDI, you know? So maneuver around C, and then when you get more advanced, then you can go, you know, C minor, all that stuff. You can start learning D, all that. G, a, a lot of pop songs on the radio right now are actually in the key of G, which is very, like, pretty much 80% of top 40 pop songs right now are, are in the key of G. So, um,. When I produce pop music, I always do it in G. You know what's <laughs> good? Like a lot of engineers use this um, mixed in key. Yeah. What is? Oh yeah. Key? What is that again? How's that? So mixing key is really good because you can like it analyzes any song that you put in. So like if you put okay. like you can put a you know MP3 file in it and it'll analyze the BPM, what key it's in. 
So a lot of times I'll hear a song and I'm like, I want to know what's the tempo and yeah. what key it's in. So you put it in mixing key and it analyzes it and it gives you all the information. So like, you know, if you ever hear like just any song that you want to like yeah. learn how to play and it's like, okay, what key? I mean, you could easily Google it, but mixing key is, is a great thing to, to have like, as an engineer and as a producer. Because a lot of times I use it. Like I'll just import a track and I'm like, okay, B minor. Cool. Yeah. So it's like wow. if you import a song and you're like, okay, B minor. And then it's like, I want to learn B minor. Let me look up that scale and you yeah. can take it from there. So yeah. mixing key is really good for a lot of the engineers I know use that. And That's I use tight. it too for production. That's tight. Yeah. That's great. So many tools now. Mm -hmm. Like, so, you know, again, and instead of if you don't want to really get super deep and like learn how to read music and right, you know, you can learn tabs. There's something called yeah. tabs, and you start learning how to read tabs. Tell them like, what tabs are. Ah, oh, man, I forget <laughs> the, the exact, you know, look it up, Google it. But, um, oh, man, something's like with the dot. Anyway, Google it and check yeah. it out. But, you know, it, I remember when I was learning the guitar, um, you know, it was huge for me just learning. I was like, oh, okay, this is way easier than, you know, reading actual music you know yeah. which I, I learned that too again a long time ago so I forgot most of it but right I always just trust my ear god damn it yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean and I'm just, trust you just it. know when you hear it you know and, yeah. and you just what feels good so. trust it but covers are great yeah. covers are great you know, it's like learning a language mm -hmm. you know you just like kind of observe and then you mimic goes back to the mimicking yeah. thing like mimic mimic and then once you learn it mm -hmm. then you start to create your own version and then it's like oh shit that's like a real song that i'm writing writing mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's good um uh, another question uh quantizing versus non-quantizing i i don't know i me personally I have a very heavy opinion on this me personally i think I think I think you should quantize, mm -hmm. in my opinion, and the reason why is like you don't have, you don't, you don't have to do like a hundred percent quant like it doesn't have to be, but like I think because you know when you want to hit like the just beat in the pocket and like the tempo like you want to make sure when these the shits are hitting like everything is hitting when it's supposed to hit True. you know but I do like some swing in there too you know what I'm saying it's just again it goes back to really like trusting your ear but like because I think some producers can get away with it but. A lot of a lot of them can't, you yeah. know what yeah. I mean. So if you just quantize it, it, just keeps everything a little more solid, a little bit more cleaner. Um, but again, you don't have that doesn't have to be a hundred percent quantized. Yeah. You yeah. could do like yeah. eighty or seventy, whatever yeah. you want. But yeah, what do you think, Avian? For me, it depends. It depends on the track. Yep. I think a lot of times I tend to find myself nudging mm -hmm. my like drums a tad bit off the grid, so it can yeah. have a little bit of swing, yeah. And, yeah. It, and it can be just like nudging it like. Like a half of <laughs> yeah. like a combination, you know I mean? like very like, small. Because sometimes I'll hear a track, and sometimes it's it's the melody where, I, like, I have a good melody, and then the drums are just not, they're not falling where they need to fall, and everything could be quantized. And I'm like, but it's just not giving me yeah. that groove. Yeah. So I'll kind of nudge everything. I tend to nudge my hi hats a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Like I have a little trick that I do with my hi hats where I nudge hey, them. And, hey. and don't get I'm not that gonna adult. tell you. I'm not That's gonna tell you everything else I do. But register for yeah. perfections <laughs> course. Next <laughs> course, how to nudge your hi hats. Right. Um. But yeah, I tend like it. It. I think for me, it all depends on the track. Yeah. Like some, you know, it depends on what melody I have sometimes the drums like even certain melodies sound good quantized but mm -hmm. 
you don't want it to sound too computerized too sometimes, too robotic, you know. So I, yeah. I think it just all depends on the track. I tend to find myself nudging my drums a lot. Yeah. So I'm with you. I'm with you on that, like nudging, manually nudging some things. Mm -hmm. um, but then also, too, like, just depends on, like, what, what you said at, like, the what you're trying to make. Like, right. if, if I'm going to make, a, like, a funk track with, like, B3 organs and guitars and like bass, probably not gonna 100% quantize. Right, that. Mm -hmm. probably not. Swing, yeah. You want mm -hmm. the, the human feel. If I'm doing a super ignorant trap joint, I'll probably not quantize my melody. Like the melody will have like some, some sauce on it, but those drums are gonna be tight as fuck. Mm -hmm you know for the most part mm -hmm. um so it depends on feel you're right yeah, but really, if it's like there's a, no right or wrong but if it's like a pop four on the floor like those four on the floors gotta be on those the gotta be don't nudge them you can't you can't go dilla <laughs> yep. and go fucking 130 bpm house yep. also too if you're doing like the you know the whole you gotta lock those in mm -hmm. don't do do Right, can't right. do that. Do you can't think do it also Mom. depends on tempo? True. Like, do you think yeah, certain does. tempos require? I think it's just feel. Yeah. Again, I don't think the tempo really matters. Mm -hmm. But like, I mean, if you're doing like 180 BPM, like, <laughs> like you probably want to probably want to tighten those up because <laughs> if your shit is all over the place, man, good luck. People are not gonna move, man. So quantizing is an interesting thing. Um, man, let's get our guest in today. Yep. So we have a really, 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 really special guest today. Um, we have Cool from Cool and Dre. Yes. Legendary. These oh guys are God. legendary, man. Been in the game. And they're for been us. in the game. Oh, my God. Damn. I remember hearing um, Hate It or Love It mm. and just all their classics. And I'm like, yo, Cool and fucking Dre. In the videos. They were all. running mm -hmm. it from like 2000 to like 2010 but even now they're killing it like mm -hmm. they just did um the the smash the drake record with khaled the um uh what's it called you guys know that you know the, you know you mm -hmm. guys know the record mm -hmm. um so they were involved in that record and you know still working with khaled and a bunch of other stuff so these guys are so amazing man and and uh, i've known cool for a while i met him a few times um back like um at some seminars and um such a such a good dude dre is amazing too um but I'm looking forward to uh, talking to Cool. I think we can definitely pick his brain and and just get some insight on like the OG man. Mm -hmm. Like these guys have been winning for so long. I can't still even relevant. imagine like still, still relevant. relevant. And like, I can't even imagine like how many plaques these guys have, oh man. Like probably they're probably in, <laughs> stuffed in a closet because they don't have room. <laughs> so many. Yeah, you because know, like, there's so many. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys have so many smashes. So shout out to Cool and Dre. We're gonna talk to Cool. Um, and we'll give him a call and then, uh, we'll see what he has to say. So let's get cool up. All right. So we got, uh, my man cool from the legendary, I want to say legendary yes. cool and Dre production team. Uh, let's give a round of applause for a cool yeah. for joining us. Hey. What's popping? What's popping y'all? What's popping, man? First of all, man, um, uh, honored to have you honored. on here, man. Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely look up to you guys. You guys have been killing it for Love such a long man. time. Like, you know, ever since I heard New York, like <laughs> just all that shit, you've been killing. Like, you know, I, I was like studying you guys and just like, you know, you guys, uh, you guys are, are like definitely legendary in, in my my book. So, um, appreciate you having appreciate having you on here, man. And uh, yeah, we got Alice to plug in here, Missouri, man. What up? What up? 
My man, cool. What's good, man. y'all? What's good? We here, man. Beautiful Thursday out here in Miami. Where y'all at? Where y'all? What city y'all at? So we're actually in Brooklyn, New York. Um, our oh, co-host oh, here, oh. Perfection, was actually just out there in Miami. Yeah, I just got back. I was there nice. from Saturday to yesterday. Nice. You was out here just on some chill vibes or working? Working. Um, I was actually working on the M- in the MLB All Star Week. We had like a an event for nice. the players for the players with the players association so we had like lenny kravitz so, perform and the breakfast club host so it was pretty good it was pretty good to be out there for that nice yeah so cool man uh you know i mean there's so much we could talk about i wish we had more time but um i, I want to really start with just like kind of picking your brain on like how you started all this madness like you know what did you what inspired you to start making music and like at one point in time in your early career did you like you know like squat up with like dre and just like become a collective um well you know i've always had a, had a passion for music you know what i'm saying early on before even the thought of being a producer even crossed my mind you know what i'm saying but i always had a, a passion for music from you know being fan of, of you know just listening to early two live crew r.i.p man r.i.p uh yes. you know uh, Christopher yeah. Warren, man, he passed away uh, yesterday, man. R.I.P. You know what I'm saying? From from two, he's the founder of Two Live Crew, mm. and uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, so so from always had a love for music. You know what I'm saying? And then my my first introduction to you know to um, continuing my passion for music was did my DJ, and I started DJing and making mixtapes in school and selling the mixtapes. You know what I'm saying? I was um. Uh, started doing parties you know like i would i would we would steal the teacher's calendar for the year and it would let us know like every every uh uh every day that we had off of school so if we had off on the thursday we work a hall we had a little relationship with on the wednesday you know what i'm saying wow. and we would throw parties and i was dj i would get my name out on the dj side out there dj at the pepper rallies and moved into the club circuit and uh, me and Dre were doing, started doing underground radio. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, we were doing a 919 FM out of here in the mix 96. And, you know, underground radio is always shaky because FCC is always trying to shut them down. But uh, we were we were actually the responsible for breaking a bunch of records out here from fucking Goody Mop, Cell Therapy to, you know, countless other records that we were the first to play them. You know what I'm saying? Because we'd wow. get like the test pressings. And, um, so that was the introduction, you know what I'm saying? Wow. And uh, through all that, through all that, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the, the we started out on the R&B side, you know what I'm saying? On 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 the R&B group, and me and Dre, we met in we met in high school, and we were in chorus class together, and uh, mm-hmm. we formed a form called Basic Unity, you know what I'm saying? Nice. And our passion, we wanted to we wanted to be a boys, we wanted to be like a a Joe to see or a boys to men, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. That's what we, that's what we, that language. was our dream, you know what I'm Hell saying? Yeah. So we ended up moving in like 90, it was 90, I forgot what, you know, 96, I forgot the exact year, but we ended up moving to, um, yeah, it was around 96, we ended up, before we moved, we ended up buying buying a keyboard because we couldn't find no one to make music for the group you know what I'm saying so everybody was like trying to charge us like yo we ain't got anybody for no no beats you know what I'm saying so <laughs> me and Dre we put some money together we borrowed some money I was like yo let's let's try to make our own music because we got to buy some melody ideas you know what I'm saying and just, yeah. so I remember going to this music store and we uh, they showed us this uh, 
ASR 10 and Sonic. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, and then the guy was like, man, where's it be using this? And I'm like, well, and then he pressed play on it, and it was like a whole song with a fucking beat with vocals and background right. vocals. And I'm like, damn, that's right. a form. He sold us on it, which is which was amazing because it's, it's an amazing instrument. You know what I'm saying? Because yep. it kind of did everything you needed in one one keyboard. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yep. So, uh, so the so you know the ASR10 was was our first uh, tool of choice. We ended up moving to Atlanta to pursue our R&B singing group career. Wow. And uh, we ended up taking uh, we took all our bunch of Crater records, turntables, you know, a little. A little reel to reel recorder, hmm. and we, we just jumped on a fucking, we just jumped in the car and, and banged it to Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So, what year was that? What year a, was that when you went this to was, Atlanta? This was, this was, this was late 96. Wow. I think around late 96. We ended up going to Atlanta. Because we bought our keyboard January of 96. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, we went, and then so um, we ended up moving out to Atlanta. We're in Atlanta for like nine months. You know what I'm saying? Uh, auditioned for like, you know, at the time, and still, these guys, we looked up these guys that we wanted to shadow on the production side, which was organized noise, you know what I'm saying? Ah. And uh, Rico Wade and, and all that, you know what I'm saying? So we were huge fans of the, you know, the whole Outcast Dungeon family movement. Mm. And, um, you know, we had some meetings set up out there in Atlanta. We auditioned uh, for a couple people, and then we auditioned, we ended up auditioning for Rico Wade. And we were, he was like, yo, I want to sign y'all, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And he was like, he had a singing, he had us like sing at his Christmas party. Like, nice. people was walking in, we was out there singing. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, wait, know, like, so Rico from Organized Noise wanted to sign you guys as like R&B a group. R&B group or as producers? Yeah, we were going to, yeah, as a, as a, no, as producers, bro, the production was so starting point. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, we, like, it was so terrible. Like, we literally sang for them <laughs> straight out of color. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, and he wanted to sign us as a group. And he had a, he had just done a situation with with his with his label. It was called uh, Red Clay. You know what okay. I'm saying? Red Clay Records or something like that. And um, long story short, that shit ended up not happened with a situation. Blah blah blah. Right. It ended up not panning out, and we ended up banging it back to Miami. You know what I'm saying? Got it. Uh, so we get back to Miami, and we really started going hard with the production shit. You know what I'm saying? And then, uh, uh, you know, I remember I'll never forget me. You know, we couldn't really afford to buy no, no, you know what I'm saying? No good food to eat. Taco Bell, even though Taco Bell still, we still eat that shit because it's, it's amazing. But the most affordable right. food we could find was Taco Bell. So we eat that shit every day. Oh, like, man. Those chalupas. Like clockwork. So I remember me and Dre, me and Dre got together and uh, uh, we're like, I was like, yo, I wonder if. And I was like, you know, we, me and we were religious, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we heavy into our religion, like, you know what I'm saying? Like we got our brothers and, 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 and I remember me and Dre was sitting at Taco Bell and I was like, yo, I wonder if God put the group together just so we could meet and become producers. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And he was like, nah, man, you tripping, man. We're going to be the next, we're going to be the next boys to man. <laughs> <laughs> but, That's crazy. But it ended up, it ended up panning out. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It ended up panning out that damn like we met in high school he had his own group in high school we ended up joining i ended up joining the chorus class Mm -hmm. that had us working you know doing a lot of music for the school school music but we were it was like it wasn't like a regular chorus class it was like uh they called it uh uh 
uh, it was an ensemble class. Like we would go and compete, you know what I'm saying, nationally with other schools. This wasn't like a regular fucking chorus class. It's like right. vocal. They call it vocal ensemble. You know what I'm mm. saying? Wow. And uh, so, so you know, through that, you know, it kind of ended up panning out that way, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't know, you don't know the journey you're gonna take. You might, you might, like we tell cats all the time, you might start like being a producer. And you might end up being a dope manager. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, I think the crazy the crazy thing about that story is that like you both of you didn't know that you would become producers, mm-hmm. but you you were kind of acting out in genuine like passion and love, mm-hmm. I think, right? It's like you you really got to know each other at an you know at, at an early age um in the industry, but then like you just kind of worked together because you enjoyed each other's company, I guess. And like, it just yeah. kind of fell into place almost. And right? the good thing, I yeah, think was, is that, just, yeah. I, I think the good thing is that you guys also trusted the journey, mm-hmm. you know, like you didn't yeah. let, mm-hmm. you didn't like, you didn't turn down any opportunities. Like even when you guys were, you know, realizing that maybe you were destined to be producers, you didn't like push yeah. that, that opportunity from your mind the way to say no let's stick to what we were originally gonna do yeah. because you know uh-huh. like you might not it might not have worked out at all if you would have you know continued to, to go the other way yeah you know? so it's mm-hmm. interesting to like you know trust the process yeah i think it's fascinating <laughs> because we talk you know this this podcast is all about music production so we talk about um you know just kind of like what avian just said like trusting the process and like really just surrounding yourself with people that inspire you Mm -hmm. and that make you feel you know like the you feel like you're in the same uh wavelength Mm -hmm. as that person and like you know if you if you you know if you let ego get in the way maybe cool and dre never would have been a Mm -hmm. thing you know or vice versa so Mm -hmm. i think it's fascinating um at what point cool cool uh, this is that was at what point did you guys really like when did it hit you and dre like holy holy cow we are we are producers like this we're like when did that transition well, just like completely go away well, from after, being an artist after at the atlanta after the atlanta thing we ended up going back home and we really <clears throat> started we dove been heavy into the production you know what i'm saying because we we literally you know back in those days you know ill knows because they've been doing it for a while it wasn't the days of you know, you can go online and buy dope sound kits. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or dope. You know what I mean? Like you had to literally go to a liquor store, find some dope ass records with some hard ass drums. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, or buy an album that you like. All oh, that Dr. Trey album, that crying. We're gonna rape that album. Because, <laughs> oh, you, know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and or a Diddy album, that fucking No Way Out. Boom! We taking every kick and snare that's yeah, available. Man. You know what I'm saying? That's wide open. So, so um, you know, for us. It was when we got back, we literally dove in to the production full, full fledged, wow. and we didn't do anything else. You know what I'm saying? Mm, thankfully, wow. thankfully, we had supportive parents to where, you know, um, yeah. Dre was able to drop out of fucking college and pursue the music shit. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even go to college. I was DJing, so I was DJing parties at Dre's. Dre was going to the university at. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> so, so we was. Thankfully, we had support. I think the parent support base was really, really big for us because it mm-hmm. gave us a place to be creative. And my parents, you know, my they, either of them ain't speak no English. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, so we literally, wow. my mom let us rock out in the garage, twenty four seven. You know what I'm saying? So literally, we had a place to get in there, 
fuck off or we wanted to make music, write, chill, talk shit, <laughs> and bite people over. You know what I'm saying? It gave us a, a creative space to, to, to grow. You know That's what I'm saying? Big. I think that was that that was that was one of the key elements, bro. The fact that we had we had, you know, the, the, they gave us the creative freedom to make music. At mm. the time, I don't think they they, they knew what, what they it was. My mom was probably like, yo, fucking guys in there making <laughs> all this man. noise. Yeah. And music. You know what yo, I'm saying? Trust me, cool. Noise, I, went through but, the, I went through the same thing. Mom's basement. Mm-hmm. And like when, when I used to yeah. sell like beats, $50 here to like indie rappers, right? But they would come over to yeah. the crib and come to the basement. So imagine like two, three guys come through you know baggy pants whatever it was <laughs> and then they would leave mm-hmm. after a couple hours and then i would have like 40 bucks in my pocket my parents thought yeah. that i was like selling drugs and shit <laughs> like 50 dollars yeah, yeah. no, absolutely so, so you know that that base that base is what created us you know what i'm saying is what made us you know what I'm saying? because that basically yeah, we called the studio record room studios you know what i'm saying in mm-hmm. that studio we had all walls full of all the walls was all records you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so we had fucking samples we had you know samples for days you know what i'm saying yeah. so we had from my dj days so we literally would be there 24 7 working on music and people would come over my mom, my dad, if he's cooking, hey, come on, everybody come in and eat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. so everybody would eat, you know what I mean? And and uh, it, it got to a point where, you know, you know, we, we literally had fucking, I'm not lying to you, we literally had 40 cars parked outside my mom's That's crazy. crib. It was like a, a party. It was crazy. We had it was like a party. Yeah, it was crazy. No, it was people, people coming in there recording, like literally. So, so back to when we came from Atlanta, we, we started literally giving people music like yo yeah so what rap, was that what was that process what was the process so when Bro, you you and dre started, started making giving, beats what were what were you doing were you selling them were you working with we artists said, yo we were giving we were giving 90 percent of the beats away you know what i'm saying like here you, go, boom, here you go we give motherfuckers cds with 30 beats on them you know what i'm saying okay. so fucking we started making a name out here locally so we started a couple of the you know the indie dudes that was you know that was making some moves Boom! They started shooting us a little 400, 500 a beat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I remember me and Dre. Our biggest check we had seen was fucking twenty five hundred dollars cash. We made ten beats for this dude. He was doing an album. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> European bass album. You know what I'm saying? Batch rate we right there. Like, ten for twenty five hundred. Yeah, boom. Yeah, twenty five hundred. And then later on, we found out he got paid twenty five thousand. But hey, guess what? You know that's right. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? It's so, the game. <laughs> it's the game. But uh, but you know, we started we started giving the music out, and then we started actually making some money. You know what I'm mm. saying? We started something. Then then it was like a thousand dollars for a beat. We're like, yo, hold on, this shit is actually. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, all right, boom, boom, boom. And then fucking, uh, we ended up um, we uh, uh so we was working working with it. Oh, so. So we had fat our boy, um uh what's my man's name? Fucking um uh, Robbie Rob. There you go, mm. Robbie Rob. Crucial part, crucial element, you know what I'm saying? Crucial ingredient to the cool and Dre, you know what I'm saying, story. Uh Robbie Rob hit us up. He was he was fucking around with Pitbull at the time, mm. you know what I'm saying? And Pitbull was, you know, he was promoting Pitbull on the radio, trying to pop his shit off. Pitbull had just I think had just uh, left Luke Records. He was signed to Luke before anybody. A lot of people don't know that. You know what I'm saying? Oh wow! And uh, yeah, Pitbull. I mean, Pitbull was walking around. He had baggy dickies on, like straight project Chico. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, the hood, <laughs> hood. Fucking oh, like Pitbull was. He was dicky down, gold teeth. 
Like, serious. You know what I'm saying? So Crazy. fucking, um, so Robert Rob was like, yo, Fat Joe hit me up looking for beats. He's looking for some different vibes. And y'all got anything for him? We're like, hell yeah. So boom, we put together a beat with like, CD with like 30 fucking beats on that shit. So, mm-hmm. you know, Joe told us a story. He's like, he said he was in the studio. I was doing a session with R. Kelly and he started going through the beats. And then beat number 20 something comes on and it's fucking, he was like, he couldn't believe it was the same CD. He was like, yo, the beats fucking, because you know, our man Robert, I was like, he's looking for some, some Southern flavor. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But me and Dre, we doing all this hip hop shit. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? We're yeah. like, yo, all right, fuck it. And we put a couple vibes, but then we said, you know what? I said, yo, Dre, man, put, put a couple sample vibes in there, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Fat Joe, you know what I mean? So boom, first beat comes on. I mean, the beat number 20 something comes on. And literally, Joe was like, yo, I need to come to Miami. I got to meet the guys who did this beat. I can't believe they're from Miami. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I got to meet them because this is my fucking favorite beat of all time. Crazy, <laughs> man. Wow. So, so, yeah, yeah. So, ended up, it ended up being, uh, he ended up driving to Miami and booking a hit factory and called us over to the studio. And then we met him for the first time. And he was like, yo, this is my favorite joint. I'm going to record it with y'all, blah, blah. So, he cut the record with us in the studio and we kept in contact with him. You know what I'm saying? Like we got real, stayed real close. Every time he was coming down, he got, we got, you know, we'd kick it, blah, blah, blah. And then he ended up using the record on the album, which ended up being the opening track of, um, of, uh, it was called King of New York with, with Bougie Bantan. Ah, so that uh, was his, that was Fat Joe's favorite beat. That's what got him going. Yeah, that beat right there. He heard that, he heard that beat. He couldn't believe it, bro. He was like, oh. This beat right here, I got beat. This beat, you know what I'm saying? So Joe was very instrumental, man, because um, you know at that time, right when Joe grabbed that record, we had got two other placements with JT Money Mm -hmm. uh, on this Blood, Sweat, and Years album, which you know, which uh, we did two records on, and Joe really put us on because he flew us to New York. You know what I'm saying? He actually Mm -hmm. we he flew us out to New York and put us in the studio like Mm -hmm. right away, working on his shit and. You know, being in the studio with Joe, you just meet everybody. Everybody's coming to talk to the Don. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody's coming up to have a conversation with Joe. So they're like, yo, these guys, oh, that's cool, Drake. So he started really, you know what I'm saying? And then we started making the A&R run in New York to the point where we had got so hot, like, without a hit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, yo, these dudes are the next Neptunes. And me like, yo, man, what the hell are they comparing us to the Neptunes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Crazy. We're like, yo, I hope Pharrell and don't get, I hope that Pharrell and, and, and Chad don't fucking feel away. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, they keep comparing us, I guess, because we're a duo as well. You know what I'm saying? So, that we literally hit every A&R and every A&R was like, ah, right, cool, all right, cool, y'all are kids from Miami, oh shit, all right, boom, 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 and we started getting on all these albums, you know what I'm saying? We started getting placements left and right. Yep. A couple A&Rs was like, ah, right, cool, yeah, 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 whatever, you know what I'm saying? But you know, a couple cats, they was picking the beats, you know what I'm saying? We were making our rounds. Mm-hmm. We were making our rounds on the production end, and uh, you know, that's that was the early stages, and then boom, we hit fucking New York comes out, you know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. And then a couple months later, fucking hate or love it comes out and oh the whole just exploded you know what i'm saying that that was the explosion right there <laughs> like new york was the record yeah that combination that combination it was because it was new york and then we had we had uh um uh, was uh, another uh, fat joe record the record we did we had a record we did with, with uh with she runner uh she runner uh, 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 uh,
That was his comeback. That, that was his comeback. And then yeah. to, to throw Joe and Bro. Kiss on there was like, that was a New York moment. Mm-hmm. And that, that fucking pissed off 50. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Yo, then for y'all to come back and do Hate It or Love It, it's like, yeah, yo, cool as Dre, yeah. legendary. It was legendary. It was legendary. Because New York Records, let me tell you the story about New York Records. So we're working, we're in my mom's garage, and, we're, and you know, Dre's fucking with the, he's fucking with the synths. Yeah. And, and boom, I had a drum kit up. And we started fucking vibing with the drums, and I'm a we got the beat going, the then and we had the shit, this, the beat already grooving. So I'm laying down, I'm laying down on the couch. And I'm like, I gotta, I'm started singing the KRS one shit just popped in my head. I got a hundred, hundred, hundred clips, New York, New York. And she was like, hold on, that sounds like it could be a vibe, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but before. Before, so we had that hook idea, you know what I'm saying? We, while we were while, while we were coming up with that vibe in the studio, we had already sent the beat to Joe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Joe had the beat already from like a week ago. You know what I'm saying? A week before, and Joe was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking with it." You know what I'm saying? I'm still vibing to it. Blah blah blah. Right? So Joe was like, "All right, man. You know what? I can't really come up with nothing." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Ja Rule had the beat as well. You know what I'm saying? Before, you know, after Joe, after Joe kind of passed on it, we gave it to Ja. I mean, not not Josh, sorry, uh, Jada Kiss. Mm-hmm. And Jada Kiss was like, yo, I'm fucking with this beat, blah, blah, blah. Love this joint. Yo. So when we came up with the hook, a couple, you know, a couple weeks later, came up with the hook, Jada was kind of slow rolling on the beat too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we're like, yo, fuck it. This is too hard. Herb hit us up. It was like, yo, I'm in the studio. Come through. So we was like, yo, let's do this. Let's, let, let, you know, we came up with the, with the hook. And then Dre went over to the hit factory, played the beat, and then sang the hook. And Herb was like, yo, this shit is crazy. Mm-hmm. No lie. This nigga, this nigga uh, Herb was like, yo, we got to put, I know exactly who to put on this joint. <laughs> we got to put Fat Joe and Jada Kiss on this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow, what are the chances? <laughs> so, That's crazy. And they already bro, had the record. Oh my God! They already knew the beat. You know what I'm saying? Crazy, but when wow. they got when they heard the the beat with the hook, they was like, "Y'all didn't give us this hook." You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, man, like, damn, why y'all ain't give us this shit with this hook? So it just worked out. It's crazy how it worked out. You know what I'm saying? Because they had it before before Ja. So when Ja got it, he got it with the hook. And without them even knowing that Joe or Jada ever had the beat, they was like, "Yo, we gotta get Joe and Jada on this record." You know crazy, what I'm crazy. And it's like we that record was meant to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Cool. I wanted to ask you about like the earlier stages yeah. of the process of production. You mentioned that Dre, when Dre was working on the synth, how? Because you guys originally started like as an R and B group, and then you figured that you know the production would have worked mm-hmm. for you. So how was it? Kind of learning production. What was that process like? And learning the gear, being was, that nowadays it's it so was, easy it was, to just Google something like you know how to work yeah. this piece of gear or how to it make was, this type of beat. It was a process. It was definitely a process, like, you know, because um, we didn't really have, you know, the guys that we knew that made music, you know, we knew some dude, he made gospel music, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, like, we, we you know, he, he was an amazing keyboard player, so all his shit was like real R&B, like mellow vibes, you know what I'm saying? And we literally had to, 
it was it was it was organized noise. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. that outcast that outcast first album, Southern Playlist of Cadillac Music, and then fucking uh, uh Quemini and AT Aliens, those were Crazy. we listened to those because those were those albums, you know, they use live music but they mm. were still so hip hop. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And they were still gritty and dirty the production. So those were our blueprints. We kind of listened to them, and then early Crazy. Timbaland and Aaliyah, when that first album came out, was like blown oh, away. You know what I'm saying? Those drums. I know you guys. I, I jacked all those drums. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Oh my God! <laughs> you know, that whole shit was, was open. Like, yeah, no, it was just. It was amazing. So, yeah. so my thing is, it was definitely what what we drew from 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 what organized Rico and the guys were doing was maintaining hip-hop with the live music you know what i'm saying and then once we started implementing live musicians into our beats it was like all right we, we, you know we let's simplify this shit you know what i'm saying so they shot it they, they they showed us that less is more you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. on the production because this shit was musical but not it didn't go all over the place you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying when you're dealing with live instruments she could turn into a, little, a jazz quartet real right. quick. You know what I'm saying? It could turn into, it could water down real fast. So mm. they they figured out a way to keep it hip hop and keep it dirty. You know what mm. I'm saying? So that's what we learned. We, we literally listened to them and listened to, of course, you know, you know, we're big fans of soul music and, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, <clears throat> 80s. And, you know, we're just fans of, of great music, period. So we had a vast background in all kinds of genres. You know what I'm saying? So I think our, our, our hardest our hardest transition was getting our shit sonically sounding right. You know what I'm saying? In the beginning stages the beat was sounding the beats were sounding fucking terrible. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie, oh, yeah. shit's just terrible. But we had to figure out the sonics because once we got into a position where we mixed our first record, which was for a friend of ours, it was like I remember our man Lou Diaz, which is, you know, fucking killing in mixes today. You know what I'm saying? He was like, yo, he got the mix on the fucking SSL board. Because I was like, yo, it's got to be the SSL. Yep. Jay was like, man, yeah, we got to mix this shit in a big studio. So boom, we finally in a fucking big studio. And our man Lou, we dumped the whole shit down with the fucking ASR with eight instruments at a time, blah, blah, blah. And fucking uh, Lou mixes it and this shit still sounds super thin. I'm like, yo, Lou, what the fuck? This shit sounds super paper thin. He was like, yo, you put shit in, you get shit out. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> garbage in, garbage out. That's the thing. Yeah, hey. he goes, boy, you put... He's like, cool, you put shit in, you get, you get shit out. I'm like, dude, what the fuck can we do? He's like, oh, if you like a fucking sound, sample that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you like yep. <clears throat> the way that Diddy makes sound, sample his fucking kick and snare and hi-hat. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But when we did that, we was, shit was sounding better, but it was still not right. You know what yep. I'm saying? It was like, yo, this shit still don't sound right. And it was just, you know, trial and error. What changed our sound sonically was when we started fucking with the NPC. You know what I'm saying? Because mm, yeah. we got we got a, a, our, our homeboy let us hold an NPC 60. You know what I'm saying? And I remember um, sampling 808 into that shit at the studio. Crazy. And it was a different sound. It mm -hmm. was, I was like, yo, Dre, I called Dre and I was like, yo, <laughs> figured it out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's I crazy because it with, with like, production, you always feel like you're like constantly trying to like figure it out like mm -hmm. fix something there's yeah. always like something wrong <laughs> it's so crazy man cool i want to fast yeah, forward you always, you always, uh yeah. my bad go, go ahead you you want to say something no right? no actually no what i what i find fascinating just listening to the story so far is you know 
when you were an artist and you were focusing on the artist side, you know, trying to be the next boys to men, and then you guys transitioned to an amazing production team. Um, what I what I think is great is the fact that you guys were, were coming from the artist background actually helped you guys because mm-hmm. now you guys can write Big your time. own hooks. Yeah. Big time. It helped us tremendously because, like, it, not only do we can we write our own hooks and write our own songs, but it also helped us when we're dealing with singers because mm-hmm. we know how to arrange harmonies and we know mm-hmm. we can sing the song for them and let them go in and sing it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, we can... We know when they're flat. We know when they're sharp. You know, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, and this is pre-auto tune. So it's like that shit just polished us and, and, and got us to where you know what I'm saying. Where it made it easy to work with motherfuckers that are singers because you're like, all right, sing it like this. Ah, you sing it for me. Like, oh shit, y'all sing. Hell yeah, we sing. You know what I'm saying. I love it. So it's definitely. I love it. Yeah, I want to fast forward, um, and then we got to wrap up soon. I want to fast forward to this to the max record, man. I mean, you know, fat, you know when you when you kind of fast forward the discography over the last decade. I mean, there's so much in between here, um, but just to just to see that you guys were, you know, again still heavily involved with Khalid. Um, I know, I know that you know having that uh, relationship has been very valuable. I think that's amazing. But to the max is like so insane to me i mean t- tell us about that record man like that beat is crazy you talking about you talking about you talking about the um the, uh, drake. the drake record yeah bro we didn't do that record oh you didn't oh shit okay nah okay. We, for some reason everybody thinks we did the record i don't know how why they think why wow. somebody must have put the put, i know i don't know if, i think we might have i think dre might have wrote something on there you know what i'm saying oh uh, okay okay it, okay but I don't know. I know production-wise, we didn't do the production. Okay, so you guys didn't do the production on that. Okay, cool. Wow, that's so crazy. Mm. See, sometimes you got to get straight from the source. Yeah. Because a lot of times, people get confused, man. It's all over. Okay. But that beat is, regardless, that that beat is kind of wild. Are you going to say something? No, that Don't Mind record, that Kent Jones yeah, record was yeah, super, 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 you know super tough. That was. There's so many records here, but but um, cool. I wanna I wanna um, ask you like so, you know, it, it sounds like you know your start with Dre was very kind of organic, and you you guys didn't realize that you would become producers, and now you are. After this mm-hmm. kind of like long journey that you that you guys have been on, you know, we we talk to a lot of upcoming producers here. Our most of our listening listener base here is upcoming producers. Uh, what what are some yeah. suggestions you can make in 2017? Like, what can producers do nowadays to really get it popping for themselves? I feel like some of it is a, a, a lot of like what you guys had done, um, which is like build relationships with people. But is there any advice you can give to the up and comer like now moving forward? I mean, yeah. And the advice I give the the, the the young guys, man, doing their thing is is you know always keep your ears open man and, and and don't be afraid to uh try different avenues man now we have instagram and we have soundcloud and we have youtube and we have platforms like this you know what i'm saying and we have different platforms that cats can listen and get educated on and and, and uh be a sponge you know what i'm saying taking everything taking the constructive criticism and don't take it and be like nah fuck it i ain't gonna listen to it. absorb it you know what i'm saying absorb the information apply it and then always work on your craft you know what i'm saying no matter how dopey think your beats are they're probably not you know what i'm saying like so if somebody tells you they're not Mm -hmm. listen to them 
Yeah, listen to him, bro. Listen to him. You know what I'm saying? Because if your homeboys are telling you them shit is dope, you got to listen to cats that's got, that's got, that know that they've been doing the music for a minute. You know what I'm saying? And if they tell you, bro, this shit is not, you got to do something about your drums, do something about your sounds. Now it's easier to get drums and get, yeah. you know, sound beds and get synthesizers mm-hmm. and shit like that. So invest in yourself. You know what I'm saying? Invest in your, in your, in your, in your library of music. Invest in your samples, invest in your fucking, in your equipment. Everybody, you know, FL Studio, best shit out. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, Dre's using that shit. Uh, uh, I'm still on Logic 10, but. Nice, Logic. It's an amazing, plat- it's an amazing platform that's very affordable, bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That shit costs, you could buy a t-shirt with the price of that mm-hmm. shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and that shit is changing kids' lives every day. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So, sure. always be a student be a sponge absorb everything apply everything and don't stop yeah you, know you never stop yeah. learning what never. do you what what has you still on logic what do you like about logic i'm a logic user so i get excited hey. when i well, hear you know, people use logic yeah I, I, I started i started with nine and then i was started with eight and nine and then i was it took me a little while to get on 10 but 10 to me sounds better than all of them you know what i'm saying sonically you know what mm. i mean i know they're like up to 11 and shit but they keep switching around or the uh, the user, you know, it, it's changed. All the the fucking things are in different places. So I had I had my boy um, create a template to where it, it looks just like Logic Nine. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So oh, it, it works and feels just like Nine. Yeah. So he created a template for me. So that really helped me get on to Ten because Ten sounds really good. But what has you? What has you on Logic compared yeah. to any other DAW? I ain't gonna lie to you. I just. Sequencer. I like it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's the you know the the, the, the functionality of the sample. I mean of the of the samplers and the soft sense. And mm-hmm. you know, realistically, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm I'm, I'm gonna start fucking with the FL because I see it sonically. You never. It's all about the sonics. Yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? Ill knows. Yep. It's all about the sonics. When yep. you're in the studio and motherfuckers is playing beats and our beats come on and shit is knocking motherfuckers over. They they busting eardrums. But then you know these new kids is coming around with the FL studio with the fucking sample packs and these shits is sounding like a fucking amazing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, hold on. You gotta, you gotta, you got to move with the, you gotta move with the the fucking technology. It was popping the new shit. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Sonically, FL Studio got it on on the, on the Sonics. You know what I'm saying? There's a bunch of other shit that we do on the outboard gear side, you know what I'm saying? To enhance when that's on the mix process and all that. But sonically, that platform... I'm start. I started fucking with it already. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because it just sounds like the MPC 3000. There's a mm. there's a difference from the MPC 2000 sonically. There's a difference from the MPC 2000 XL. Then there's a 4000 came out, but there's no MPC that sounds like the MPC 3000. You know what I'm saying? The original shit. That's why it's Dr. Too. Dre still has that shit hooked up every studio he's at. Yep. <laughs> that's why Dilla. That's why Dilla rocked because, out on that too. Mm-hmm. The three thousand, bro. Crazy. It's the best. It's the best sounding MPC. That you put an eight away through there, and you are gonna bust some speakers. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. the closest things, the closest thing sonically to that, because I've done every test. I'm a nerd. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't fucking We got an amazing studio with some big ass speakers, and I'm like, yo, we got to test this shit out, and we ran <laughs> every test. Crazy. And that fucking FL Studios. I don't know what they're doing. 
Something Man, about it. Something about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start messing with FL. Fuck. Yeah, oh, they figured it out. Can I get a tutorial perfection? Hi, man. I'm still me? trying to. I need to get FL on my Mac, man. I figure out what's yeah. going on. I'm not trying to get a PC. Cool, man. We appreciate you, man. Yeah. Um, Actually, cool. I just love, had two quick man. questions before you go since we talked about Taco Bell earlier. Yeah. Are you a chicken, mm-hmm. steak, or beef? Ah. <laughs> uh. You know what? Beef, man. Beef, yeah. Like, yeah, I beef. Like, I like, I like, beef. I like my nacho pelgrande. I like my nacho pelgrande, my Mexican pizza, hey. my soft taco spread. <laughs> <laughs> the beef, I'm not going to lie. The beef at Taco Bell is lit. Yo, beef lit. chalupa because it's crack. Uh, and crack. then, uh, Yo, uh, I ain't going to lie to you. We've eaten at some expensive ass taco spots, especially fucking around in LA. Yeah. And, bro, I'm like, yo, man. This shit is overrated, but just give me some Taco Bell, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, then, exactly. and then the last question before we let you go. What's your favorite Boys to Men song? Ooh, man, Water Runs Dry. Hey. That's one. That's, 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 that's a good on. one. Yo, yo, Ilman, R.I.P. You know what I'm saying? Prodigy. Yep. I fucking was in a DJ battle and I mixed fucking Shook One Part Two Acapella with Boys the Men Water Runs Dry instrumental. Oh, that's crazy. That's Whoa. crazy. So that when I tell you, when sounds I tell you, crazy. When I tell you the whole fucking place stood up. Oh bro, you know what? I gotta do that. I gotta. I'm gonna find acapella Water Runs Dry instrumental. I'm gonna put that shit on the SoundCloud. Please, yes. bro. When I tell you it's the most, it was the most, the most amazing shit because every change on Water Runs Dry changed every every four to eight bars. It was a change in the music. Wow, mm. yo, the, cool. You gotta do that. You have to and do when that. Ha- and when and when they, when Havoc and Prodigy was rapping, bro, that shit sounded like it was made for it. You know what I'm Cool, you gotta do that. Do that before SoundCloud shuts was that, down. Was that an accident? Yeah, like, how'd you find that? How, how'd you find that mixture? No, no, was no, it no, like no, an see, accident? And you were bro, like, oh, this sounds dope. See, the thing is, we, 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 you know, we're all super creative. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Y'all, we are. So I remember I would do, I would do obscure shit. Like, I would take like a bougie bantan and I'd mix him with a fucking loop, I wanna rock instrumental. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And this shit would be fucking out of control. The two genre, two sonic mixtures was crazy so i remember we was listening we had water runs dry going and i had my turntable set up in the studio and fucking i just i fucking seen the mob deep i was like oh this shit got acapella and put it on that was in the same exact key everything i was like oh shit so it was just the mixing mixing yeah. the, uh, doing the unexpected you know what i'm saying because everybody gonna mix they're gonna mix the you know the club shit with the other club shit when you mixing like the club shit with like the R&B shit the slow shit it's just a different type of sound you know what I'm saying it's a different that's a whole different vibe right there I gotta, I gotta hear that. Yeah. I'm gonna go bump that song. Now. I know, right? I'm gonna he go gonna down some boys to men. He gonna have me fucking searching songs to mix with <laughs> yeah. each other now Yo. for my sets. Oh, oh, <laughs> hey, cool. Crazy. One last question for me: yeah. How many hours a day do you sleep? Whoo, man! You know what? Um, I try to sleep as many hours as I can, man. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the one thing I've been I've been unable to do is get on a schedule where I'm actually leaving the studio at a decent time. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But try to get you know try to get about seven hours if I can. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's if more I than can. a lot of other the people. Most, good. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Smart guy. Get, you know the thing is I got I got some stomach issues, man. I don't know if y'all know, but I got Crohn's. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
So if y'all know about if y'all know anything about Crohn's, it's something that you know it, it, it's a it's a disease that attacks your small intestine. Mm-hmm. So if I don't if I don't get the rest, then I'm in the hospital. You right. know what I'm saying? It's literally for me. It's a, it's a mandatory thing that I gotta kind of make sure that I'm getting, even though I don't get it enough. Yeah. I gotta fucking you know I got if I go like four or five days, I start really feeling weak. So I'm like, you know what? Let me fucking slow down. Yeah. This is part of this is the game we chose, man. We love yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? It's part of it. It's part of it. Health is wealth. But um, man, cool. It's been a, it's been an honor, man, to have you on here, man. So many jewels. I know the love, you know, guys are love. listening, gonna appreciate it. But shout out to to Dre. Yes. You know, we gotta yes. get Dre. We gotta get Dre out here at some point too. Yes. But uh, cool, man. Absolutely. We appreciate you so much, man. Thank you for the jewels and and Thank like like I'm I'm looking forward to just like continuing to see you guys run mm-hmm. run it. I'm, I'm I know you guys have so much stuff. Uh, yep. You know, in the works, and hopefully, if I make yep. my way down to Miami, man, I gotta come check you guys out. Oh yeah, nah, absolutely, man. Let's work. You never know what it is. We fam. Let's get it. Yeah, man. So let's give a round of applause to Cool, yeah. Cool the Dre. All right, my brother. We will Appreciate talk soon. You, cool, man. I'll, I'll hit man, you up in a care, bit. Yes, right, sir. Later. Peace. Peace, man. Cool from Cool He's Cool. He's mad cool. He's so cool. He's so cool. So cool. Super laid back, just like real, just like. The whole the whole R and B singer thing was like yeah. really kind of reminded me of like a little bit of me, you know, coming up like that's being what I was R&B thinking, yeah. and being an artist, and then you know transitioning from artist to everything else that I'm doing. But yeah. man, that's 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 good, and it, and it goes to show you too how like you don't know where your end is going to be in this music right. game. No. You think you know, and sometimes when you're younger, you want to get put on so bad, but if you really did get put on when you were younger one you won't appreciate it too you're not ready even though mm-hmm. you thought because even when you get older you look back like damn i think i didn't get put on yeah. i was not ready not ready mm-hmm. i thought i was ready but i wasn't and not knowing what your end goal is going to be and still like he went out to atlanta to sing yeah right and then they didn't even know <laughs> much about production and they decided like why don't we just <laughs> Let's just try singer. it. Yeah. And, they were and the like guy he's bar- singing with is now his production teammate yeah. killing. They were borrowing keyboards and like. First of all, the car they had must have been huge because they had the ASR 10. <laughs> that thing they was had, a fucking beast. They were carrying back, you know, they, they, they was no MP. They were carrying records yeah. and he was DJing. So, you know, he had a shit ton of records all over the place. Yeah. Man, what a I love that Legendary. get up and go story, man. Yeah, I think it, a lot of a lot of like what he was saying on his come up is still very true mm-hmm. today like in terms of just like following following your like passion and like just trusting in the process yeah. mm-hmm. i think and, that's the key and that's the one of the hardest things like nowadays i think for a lot of people is just trusting the process because you see yep. how they just it naturally flowed for them and they were open to the idea of hey this might not work mm-hmm. yep. let's try this versus other people try so hard to make it work when you might not be destined to do that yep. and some mm-hmm. people I get it because it's like how how and when do you realize that? Like if something's a passion for you but it's not destined for you to do it, how do you realize that? You know what I mean? You know, uh, I would, to answer you, what I feel is if you really have a passion for music, like I know you do, mm-hmm. like of course I know everybody. I don't have a room, passion. You, you dibble and dabble, right? But like we all have a very intense passion. I think if you at a young age, because you know, you have a passion for music, whether it's singing, whether it's dancing, whether it's playing guitar, whether it's playing piano, gospel, whatever you're doing. 
if you really are doing it for the love of music, then as you get older and you start evolving, then it just kind of falls into place. Does that sound weird, right? But if just like, because if like one thing doesn't work, you love music so much and you're not, you never did it for the money. So that was the beginning thing. So you'll just kind of fall into place with the right people around you, be in the right situations. Like one opportunity closes, another one opens. You know what I mean? And like, like this is a perfect story, you know, uh, uh, cool. Just being a singer, yep. wanting to be the next, you know, R&B group, Jodeci, Boys to Men. Organized Noise Story was amazing. Like being amazing. around the Rico and all like, that's crazy. Amazing. Not working out mm-hmm. and then saying, doing the, okay, well, singing things not working. All right, fuck this. Let's start making tracks. Just that's go hard just, on the beats. And they went hard, man. They were spending a lot of time and doing that. Also, I like what he said, and this is something we always talk about, getting out there, shaking hands and kissing babies. You got to get out there. These guys weren't just blinking with artists, which is always a plus, and we always say you should do that. One-on-one, it's like find an artist, groom them with something you really believe in. But also, DJing is another thing you talked about, Mm -hmm. but... And this is key, guys. Like, if you're listening, you should really start doing this. Knowing who the A&R guys are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those are your inside guys that are at all the labels, the meetings you're not going to be in. Yeah. Yep. They know who's looking, when they're looking, what type of tracks they're looking for, when they're not looking anymore. You know what I mean? Like, those are the people you have to yep. get get the in, however you Top get the mind, in. Top of mind, yeah. And I think the cool thing, too, was the fact that they had a million people at at their mom's house like sometimes that doesn't work you know sometimes you don't want a thousand people in the studio but i think it was cool for them in their process of learning and growing because they had so many different types of people around them maybe people with different ears different Mm -hmm. vibes different personalities where they were able to kind of play with their production different ways you Mm -hmm. know what i mean that was like his college yeah he's saying Mm -hmm. how dre went to to college rap that was like his college and the cool thing too is like kudos to the parents. Like, hey, oh, yeah. my kids aren't out in the street. They're yeah. they're in the back in the garage. I know where they are. I know where they yeah. are. They're right there. I, I know who comes and hang out. I let them know who I don't want them hanging out with if yep. I think something's weird. And I'm sure maybe the parents did it. Maybe they didn't. But my mom used to be like that. Like my yeah. house when I was coming up, and we said this in a very early episodes. But when I was coming up, my house was the hangout spot. Mm-hmm. Everyone came to my house. Everyone partied at my house. Everybody ate in my house. They went in my fridge. <laughs> and my mom was cool with it. And I, and I like, years later, I asked her, I said, Ma, you're always, like, our house was always the cool. She was like, because I always knew where you were. Right. And, yep. I, you weren't, and I knew you weren't out in these streets. Hey, and if you know, and I'm not saying this works for everyone, but, you know, if you are going to dibble and dabble and, like, smoke a bowl or do a little, like, I would rather you have do it, like, here. Yeah. Yeah. And said out in the corner on the covers are coming now. Now you're in Central Book and doing the yeah. weekend special. You My know what mom I'm was kind of so, like that when I was younger, yeah. younger. She yeah. used to be like, you and, know, I'd rather have people come to the house where I know you and guys. For are the, the record, for the record, the exactly. pot thing when I was like 18, 19, 20. You know what I'm saying? I was older. It wasn't like I was like 14. You know, and my mom was letting me do it. It wasn't like that. Yeah. But she did allow my house to be the place where. You know when the, when the Mets were playing yeah. or like football games on Wait, Sundays. You, were, you weren't smoking pot when you were ten. I was smoking pot when I was. Yeah, 10. I, I didn't kidding. start smoking pot till I was I fourteen. I started at like but, eighteen. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. but my mom and all that—that that wasn't until I was a little bit older. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But yeah. 
What a great story. That's great. Man. Yeah. Shout to Cool Man, Cool and Dre. Yes. Um, obviously, we don't, uh, have don't have time for Blapper Crab. Oh, Sorry, man. guys. Next week. Well, we just heard a bunch of beats last night, so I'm yes. tapped out. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, apologies for that. Sorry, guys. But, um, you know, we do Blapper Crab every episode. So go on um, Thread. Go on bthread.com, guys. Um, we'll catch you guys on the on next week. We'll do Blapper Crab for the next episode. But uh, if you want to submit for Blapper Crab, once again, a little reminder, go to beatthread.com, uh, sign up for an account, it's totally free, and just start uploading your beats there. When you upload your beat, uh, make sure you hashtag Blap or Crap so we can find you and uh, choose you at random uh, for another episode. But uh, another great episode, man, number 42, uh, Blap Chats. Yeah. We got so many more awesome guests coming through. Mm-hmm. Oh, my um, God. Man, we got like a bunch of stuff oh lined God, up. I'm excited. Uh, just stay tuned, guys. Stay, stay tuned. tuned. And stay uh, tuned. Sp- again, spread the word. You know, shout to you guys that are listening to us like mm-hmm. on the way to work or at work or at the crib or wherever you are. Shout to you. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes uh, podcast application and uh, leave, leave us a comment, you know, mm-hmm. give us a rating. Leave us a comment. Be interactive, man. If you're on SoundCloud right now, hit us up on the comment section. Ask a mm-hmm. question, comment on the stuff we're talking about. We want to be as interactive as possible. And also hit us up on social media. Mm-hmm. It's at Blapchat, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Blapchat. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to reach out to us. And um, yeah, great episode, man. Shout to you guys. Shout to all the producers rocking out. Um, keep banging and mm-hmm. stay tuned. Keep we working. got another episode next week, every every Friday. You ready to know? Get out there, sh- sh- shake hands and kiss babies. Exactly. Just get out there, guys. Exactly. All right. So till next time, we'll see y'all next week. We Peace. out. We out. Later. One.